Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We are into our fifth episode of our series, Letters to Leaders. This uh, series is based upon what's called the pastoral epistles. That's 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And we're just pulling out some points out of this because although a lot of people kind of make it focus on the, the leaders of the church community, we're kind of expanding it to say that this is actually some things that we should think about as being leaders in whatever area that we lead in. And we first started off in our first episode, we were talking about uh, this is you, which we were talking about that a leader is a person of influence and everyone has a level of influence. So everyone is a leader. So this series is to everyone and not just to the church leaders. Our second episode was being personally responsible. Our third episode was the best character. Our fourth episode was bonafide leader. And now we are at our fifth episode, which is going to be looking at how we should lead. And the title or the subtitle of this episode, episode number five, is called Leading Positionally. Leading Positionally. And the point that we're bringing out today is that uh, Christian leaders are to be servant leaders to the least of these in society. Christian leaders are to be servant leaders to the least of these in society. We will lead others by serving them first. This ties in with a saying that people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so we're going to look at that today of what servant leadership is about leading positionally. Let's look at the definitions. Our definitions are as follows. The first definition is leader. One that leads or conducts, a guide, a conductor, an influencer. The next definition is lead, which is direction is given by example. Our third uh, definition is positionally, which means to dependent on position or environment or context. So we are talking about leading positionally, which means leading based uh, which is based upon uh, our position, our environment, or our context. So to be this servant leader has a position that we have to be in. We're going to utilize 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, starting at the third verse to uh, bring home our point. So let's look at 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, 
starting at that third verse, this is the English Standard Version, and it says this, Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been wife of one husband, and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refused to enroll young, young, uh, younger widows. For when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their household, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing widow has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. So let's look at this. This is talking about us looking at how we lead based upon those that are in a least position than what we are. The highlight of this is dealing with those Women, remember I said in this time period, women were not considered full citizens. They were considered uh, less than, uh, everything was about the men. And so if a woman did not have a man to, for provision, then uh, it caused some complications in their lives. So with that thought of, Paul is bringing up to Timothy, in order to be this leader that we need to be, we need to focus on those that are having some situations whereby they are not being cared for. However, the focus should be, the training should be, the emphasis should be that the family of the woman should have priority in taking care of the woman. There are societies even today where the elder of the family is in an honorable and esteemed position. Uh, I, I know of, of folks who, uh, you know, their grandparents, they actually grew up with their grandparents in their house. 
you know, and it causes such a richness for the family. They, you know, they were totally against that uh, grandparent being put in a home away from the family. They made room provision for them to be with the family until the time came that the family could no longer take care of that person or that person passed away. So there are some mentalities that we have to look at. And so we as a leader should not seek to just say a person is no longer of value and try to put them away or try to uh, put a person down because they cannot perform at the levels that they were performing at when they were younger. We have to really be cognizant of that. We should look for an opportunity at all times to be a servant to serve those that have gone on before us as an, as an age or as a servant to those that need help. Not always looking for things that come to us, but looking for opportunities for us to be a part of someone else's life and to assist them. Like we talk about in our offering, one of the uh, mindsets for our church is the fact that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. Sometimes the blessing is in the fact that we are serving someone else. And as we're serving someone else and blessing that person, it becomes a blessing to us. And so we have to look at opportunities to serve one another, to look at what it takes in order for us to go in and be a help to someone else. And so that's why we came up with the subtitle of leading positionally. Sometimes when we think of the leader, we think of the CEO, the person that everybody reports to and that's in charge of everything and, and everybody does things for the CEO uh, in the corporate world. But what Jesus said is said, if you want to be first, then you should operate as the person that is last, that you're putting others before you, that you're helping others to achieve, and as you're helping others to achieve, it causes you to also achieve. The kingdom mentality is way different than the United States corporate capitalism mentality, where we are always seeking to be better than, but Jesus says in order for us to be the best, we have to be the best servant. So leading positionally gives us different types of results. If we lead from where we are in charge, everything we say goes, it causes everyone else to be subjugated to us, subject to us, service to us. That is the corporate mentality and that is based upon the world system of focusing on yourself. But the kingdom mentality calls for us to look for the folks that really cannot provide anything to us and to serve and to take care of them. 
That is totally outside the scope of what we think leadership should be. There, a, a title that we have to, uh, designated it as is the title of servant leadership. We talk about it being an, uh, the leader who serves others and not is not looking for service, but looking for opportunities to serve. And so we have to grab hold of this mindset that not that we should serve others, that we should, uh, we must, it is a requirement for us to serve others. Jesus was our ultimate example of this. He's our example for our lives. He's our example for leadership. And he demonstrated that leadership by serving. He came to serve. And when you operate in this mentality, they call that servant leadership. And so when we put people first, we have opened the door to influence their lives. We have opened an opportunity for us to walk in a mindset of humbleness and a spirit of being a servant. Additionally, we have to realize that as the servant leader, we are to care for those that cannot take care of themselves. Paul mentions, again, he mentions the fact that widows who do not have families, the widows that do not have families, we should look to those that are the most vulnerable people in society and to help them. Contemporary uh, society has widows, has orphans, those in foster care, we have poor, we have neglected, we have those who might be disabled, we have a chance to welcome and care for those in the family of God. That is how this thing works. That we would go as the church and seek out those that do not provide necessarily immediate or any level of benefit to us, but we're serving them because the fact that Jesus was the ultimate servant leader, and we are to reflect who Christ is in our lifestyle and our conduct. And so, citizen, I mean, Christians are leaders in society and should be good citizens. And good citizens are a part of creating a flourishing society. Uh, Norman Wright wrote it like this. He says, people around will watch this strange little group who don't behave the way everyone else does. They want to know if they are good neighbors, good citizens, good friends. And so we want to provide that type of environment. Um, I believe I said it in the Bible study is that people were being uh, slaughtered. They were being killed for their Christian beliefs in the days of uh, the Roman Empire. And although the uh, emperors were thinking that by killing these Christians, 
that will cause the Christian movement to die down. But what it actually did is when folks that were in the stands watching the uh, the killings, they were like, they're so dedicated to what they believe. I want to be a part of that. And it started to grow and cause it to expand even more. And so as we learn how to serve, as we learn how to take care of those without expecting anything in return, then people see that and want to have that same type of mentality. They want to help others. I believe intrinsically that we have this desire to help other people, but because of societal norms and what is taught in society, there is this push toward taking care of yourself, do for yourself, don't worry about no one else. And so that's why we have this contradiction when we come thinking how the world thinks and thinking how uh, the kingdom of heaven thinks, that's why they don't, they don't go together well because of the fact they are contradictory to each other. The kingdom of heaven puts others first. The kingdom of earth puts themselves first. The kingdom of heaven looks for opportunities to help people. The kingdom of, of the earth looks at how to take advantage of people to further themselves. So we have this contradiction in mentalities which causes a lot of problems. Another point that I want to bring out in this is that family is so important. Family should take care of each other. As Paul was talking to uh, Timothy and the rest of these, he He's telling the church leaders to have discernment on who to care for. Because, unfortunately, some folks act like they need help. However, they are not in need of help. They want to take uh, advantage of the good graces of people. Uh, there have been plenty of exposés on panhandlers, folks that stand on the side of the road with the signs and uh, receive money, and there's been plenty of, as I said, exposés where uh, news cameras would go and follow these folks, and they would go and live in a very uh, wealthy neighborhood, have very nice things, and they were just taking advantage of the good nature of others. But Paul said, uh, have the sermon on who to care for. He mentions that widows that have families should be looking to their families to take care of them. Uh, Christians today, the stress of family to take care of parents and elders can sound great, but in an age of convenience, it can become difficult. Paul is stressing that for a widow, her children and then extended family are the first to take care of her needs if she cannot take care of herself. Christians can model to the world around how family can be a place of care, refuge, and character formation. As I had said earlier, there are some uh, ethnicities who are honored to have their elders in their house because it provides a enrichment of 
heritage, enrichment, uh, uh, enrichment of legacy. They don't, they don't seek to immediately place that person in a, a home. They are looking to bring them into their home in order to honor them and to show them love. No one can love you like your family can love you. And one of the points that we do need to bring out about this is family taking care of family can be overwhelming. Family taking care of family can be very overwhelming. Uh, sometimes the caregiver can just become overwhelmed by the magnitude of the care that is required. And there is no issue or no problem with caregivers saying, I need help, I need a break, and the rest of the family coming in and helping the caregiver. It is not a certain uh, son or daughter or, you know, a certain, it's the entire family is to come together, is to unify, is to, to uh, help to take care of the family members. And so we want to walk in this mindset that we are seeking to take care of those that possibly cannot take care of themselves, are going through a time, going through situations whereby we need to take time, resources, and serve that person that needs help. Now, we are not looking to, uh, to cause you to feel condemned if you have placed a put, have a family member that is in a in a home. Um, circumstances happen, abilities, uh, you know, for you to. But my point is, we should look for opportunities to serve those that are not in the same position that we are. Leading positionally means, although I may be the person everyone perceives in charge. I'm going to lead by serving others to help them, to assist them, to propel them to a better standard of living, a better mindset of living, and revealing that it is so good, so much better to assist others to live than to just focus on living ourselves. So there's no condemnation to you and no condemnation intended towards you if your family member is in a home. I, do, I would just recommend that you take that time and don't become so overwhelmed. Make it a part of your weekly at a minimum to go visit that and spend time with that loved one. And as the church body, that we should seek opportunities to take care of those orphans, to take care of those widows, to, to go and be a part of their lives so that they can realize that they have served a purpose and their purpose has not discontinued. That there are 
things that they can say, wisdom that they can bestow, things that they can do that can help the generation that's coming behind them to be in a better spot, a better location, that we can help them to move forward in the power of love. So positionally leading, leading by position, not trying to be first, but helping others to achieve and that all of us achieve. Serving others instead of seeking to be served. Looking for opportunities to lead by the example of serving others. So that we could be that reflection of Jesus to others. Which is very, very uh, significant. Because the word Christian in itself means those that were or acted like Christ. And so that's what we want to do. We want to act in the same manner that, Je manner that Jesus acted and operate in the same way that he He looked for opportunities to help those that were in a less position to raise them up to a better position. So if we want to get the Bible results, we have to do things the Bible way. And the Bible says that true religion is undefiled in this, that we would help widows and orphans. So we should look for opportunities to help those that have lost a loved one and now have no one. And those that have lost their parents and now have no parents. We should look for these opportunities to do this because those are the least of these that we talked about or mentioned at the beginning. Because when we operate with the mindset of helping the least of these, we are operating in the same manner as Jesus. One of the things that just ran through my mind about Jesus is that they were like, why does Jesus keep running over here, spending time with these sinners, is what they called them. Because they were not uh, part of the Sanhedrin uh, mindset. They were not the Sadducees, they were not the Pharisees. These were people that were considered the riffraff of the earth. And Jesus said, the folks that are well don't need a doctor. Only the folks that are sick. And it is so significant to me that he was not saying that the Pharisees, Sadducees were well. He was saying that the ones that think they are well will not receive the medicine given by the doctor. But those that say that I am sick will receive the medicine to make them better. That's why a lot of times you hear folks, they come up to you and they, <laughs> you know, and you're like, man, you need to go get some. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then you get some folks, they walk in and they, <laughs> man, you need to go get some for that. They'll be like, okay, I'll be right back. So it's all about our mentality and the ability to receive what it is that God has for us. If we 
Know that we have conditions, we have situations, we have things going on. We are praying, we're asking God to send help. And sometimes the help is us looking for opportunities to help, assist, to serve someone else and put them into the position whereby God can be glorified. So let us be those servant leaders. Let us be, let us lead from the position of taking care of others. That we esteem others more highly than ourselves. That we have put an effort in to propel folks to be the best that they can be by serving them with the utmost ability that we have. I believe that that will make you a leader that will excel, a leader that will cause you to increase your level of influence because you are doing it Jesus' way. And Jesus said that if we lift him up, that he will draw men to him. And I believe that the, uh, also what comes out of that is the fact that as we're lifting him up, as we're drawing more and more people to Jesus, that that is causing us to be in a position whereby we become a signpost to lead others to Christ, which is what is part of our calling. So let us position ourselves to influence those that are not in the highest position, but in the lowest and let us do it with uh, the trueness of us being members of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Episode number five, leading positionally. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day as any. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. That word saved means delivered, rescued. What are you being delivered and rescued from? You are being delivered and rescued from the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the penalty or the wages of sin is death. And the death that we're talking about is an eternal death, which is separation from God for all eternity. And that scripture goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so what we are presenting today, what I am placing before you right now is the fact that if you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you no longer fall under the penalty of sin. But you are then brought into the realm of eternal life. And as we go along that journey of being a Christian, being a follower of Christ, making Jesus the head of our lives, what we begin to do is to reflect Jesus to others. And as I said earlier, that is what the word Christian means. It means the ones that are like Christ.
Christ. And so we want you, we believe you want to operate in that mindset. The mindset of being one who operates as a follower of Jesus Christ. And again, it is so simple. It says that if you confess with your mouth, if you make a declaration, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. So all we are saying is, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and ask God to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life, the Bible says that you're saved. But there are some other things that happen along with the salvation. You are saved from the penalty of sin, but because we're in this world, sin is all around us. And so now we have to be processed or matured past the sin that is around us so that we can conform more to the image of Christ. And so that is why it's important for you, once you accept Christ, to find a group of people that believe in Jesus, the, the resurrecting power of Jesus, that want to serve him wholeheartedly so that you can not try to perform being a Christian as an individual, but as a group, and that you can be encouragers one to another. So if that is you today, if you have the desire to accept Jesus, say what I told you to say, which is confess your sin, ask God to uh, forgive you, and for Jesus to come into your heart. That he will be not only your savior, but that he will be Lord. He will be preeminent in your life. And he will do that. Now the process begins where we come together as believers and encourage one another toward good works so that we can build up one another and that God can be glorified. We would love to help you along this journey. And in order for us to partner with you along this journey, we ask that you will let us know that you made that decision today. And we will provide you with additional information and opportunities to uh, help you and you to help us to help you. So contact us at info at godshousecc.com and we will provide you with information to help you along this path. We'll provide you with encouragement. We'll provide you opportunities for fellowship so that we can go as a body and move forward into this situation, this environment, that God will be glorified in all things. And I do want to tell you, if you have made that decision today to welcome to the family of God, and please email us so that we can get information to you. All right, family, friends, those that have accepted Christ today, we just want to thank you for being a part of our service. And we just want to tell you this. <clears throat> Excuse me. That God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Until next week.